Live from the 4077 Country Club Golf Course and Minefield, this is the Best Care Anywhere podcast. I am your host, Anthony, here with my friend, Jasky. Hello, hello. And the wandering homeless vagrant that is Wilson. It's good to be here, wherever here may be. Fabulous. Gentlemen, how are you this fine day? Huh. Well, it's gotten a little roasty toasty in California, so just a bit, a bit sweaty. A bit sweaty. And things are already on fire. Well, they never really stopped being on fire, did they? Well, it depends if we're talking from a philosophical or a realistic standpoint. Well, no, no. I, I mean, there, there is a website, and please, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you have your mobile phone nearby, you feel free to look it up, uh, called IsCaliforniaOnFire.com. <laughs> you can go there right now, and I will bet you all the money I have in my wallet, which is basically nothing, that it says yes, because California is always on fire. And if it I'm ever is, Cal- then we'll fix okay. that. Oh, Jesus. So yeah, welcome to the second official episode of the Best Care Anywhere podcast. Last week, we kind of just did a synopsis on what what we, the three hosts, know about MASH and kind of what our understanding and experience with MASH is. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, it's been two weeks and lots of people have listened to the podcast and given their feedback, uh, including cool. my mother. <laughs> oh. she, she, she had my favorite comment about the podcast so far. She's oh. like, so are you going to let the other two talk or (laughs) (laughs) Uh, like, yes, we, we talked about that before the episode where the the whole point of that episode was to bring everyone up to speed and that I was going to do most of the talking, but luckily we, you have both watched the first, the pilot episode. Yes. Yes. Very recently. So you guys can also do the speaking, which will be nice. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, Jesus uh, Christ. So, before we get into that, are there any. I will now open the floor to any personal comments and/or discussions, soliloquies, monosyllabics, you know. What goes on in your world that you would like to share, or should we just get into the mash? Ooh. Wilson, you got anything? I've been doing a, a lot of camping, you know. Uh, I mm. am a bit of a wandering vagrant, as you mm-hmm. so nicely put it earlier and so the uh stench of moldy canvas is still fresh in my mind so i think that i am more than qualified to uh watch this episode and give my opinions on it your opinion on multi canvas anyway. that's right my area All of expertise right. okay excellent okay. how yeah. about you jasky um well i can't really say that too much has happened you know my palms are a bit sweatier now than they were two weeks ago, but I think that's just from the heat. Gross. Did yes. you did you want to share the story you were going to share last week that we forgot about? Which one? There was like three. Did you want to talk about your wiggly eyes? Oh, I mean, <laughs> sure. I didn't, sure, I think sure, that sure. That was the story you were going to share. Yes, I think I think it was. So. Hmm. I, ooh, okay, I think I know where I'm going to start this. So, let's see. It's it's the middle of May already. Wow. So this would have yeah. been about a month ago now. A little, little over a month ago, I got my hands on the the. I guess it's technically the Meta Quest Two, uh, the the Quest Two VR headset. Very fancy. Very schmancy. Um, 
finally got my hands on what I've wanted to try out VR for a while, you know, very big in the whole tech aspect of things. And I get it. I try it on. I think, wow, this is great. Everything's a little blurry, but you know, I looked it up and that tends to happen. You just got to fix the headset a little bit and it'll be fine. So I give it to my dad to try, right? Because he's, he's wanted to try VR too, you know, give it to him. He tries it out, uses it for a bit, gives it back to me and says, oh, that was great. Yeah. Ask him, you know, could you, could you see everything? All right. He's like, yeah, no, I could read everything just fine. Now keep in mind, love my father. He is wonderful human being. Uh, but he is recently, had to wear his glasses more and more frequently. He's getting a little, a little nearsighted now. But he could see everything in perfect clarity. Everything was in focus. When I put the headset on, everything is just a little fuzzy. Just, just a little bit. And that made me go, oh, I'm in danger. At least my eyes are. So I get out the old meme generator and I go on Reddit. And I start looking up astigmatism memes. Now, for those of you who do not know what it is, Wilson, do you know what astigmatism is? Uh, yes, yes, I do. From okay. your meme and meme alone. Ah, oh, well, there you go. For, for, for those of you who don't know what an astigmatism is, it's where your cornea, like the little outer part of your eye, you can actually like touch, is a little thicker where it's not supposed to be. And My that, boy got them thick corneas. He got them thick corneas. Now, if anyone out there is an actual like eye doctor or an eye person, please correct me, because this is very uh, non-specific knowledge. This is all very much hearsay and stuff I vaguely remember reading. But it's where your cornea is a little thicker, and thus when the light enters your eye, it bends slightly at the wrong angle, just at the slight wrong angle, so that light sources look a little fuzzy. For example, when I'm driving at night, headlights, it, like oncoming traffic's headlights, will look like really elongated, fuzzy halos around them. I don't know how else to describe it. It's a very unique phenomenon. Um, you, and you learned this isn't normal. Oh, yeah. I, I've lived with astigmatisms my whole life. I thought that's how car lights were supposed to look. Now, like Christmas lights, little LED Christmas lights, you know, people throw on trees. I always loved how they looked because they actually looked like stars with how fuzzy oh, and no. pointy they were and how the Christmas trees always looked like they had starlight in them. It was always so nice. Apparently, that's not how you're supposed to see things. So I recently went to the eye doctor and got a good old prescription that should be here hopefully within the next week um, all this is so, to yeah. remind you from your friendly host wilson to shave down those corneas no no i don't <laughs> like that whatever you do i don't like that shave your corneas <laughs> oh. for legal reasons that's a joke for medical and safety reasons that's a joke yeah, that too. do not yeah. do not listen to half of what wilson says all right. Yeah. Well, that's that's quite the journey of self-discovery. Hey, yeah. <laughs> to make a long story short, I bought a $300 VR headset, and that told me I have bad eyes. So I can't actually use it that well. It's a whole kerfuffle. Uh, do, yeah. do I even want to know how thick your gla your prescription is? I, I don't even know. Oh, boy. Well, I'll, I'll see it when it arrives. Those bullets can stop those bullets. Wow. Those glasses can stop bullets. <laughs> those bullets sure can stop those glasses. All right. Oh, good Lord. Yes, sir. 
So last last episode, we put out. I say we. I I run the social media, but we collectively, the podcast, the podcast, put out a question to whatever fan base did or did not exist at the time, mm-hmm. asking people, how, how, when did they first see Mash? How did they become familiar with it? Such yeah. and so on. We got the that one response on Instagram, but we've gotten a couple more since then, and I wanted to share them. Mm. Um, let's see. I had this pulled up. Ready? There it is. From Donut Eater One Eleven on Twitter. Oh, uh, so the names of the people that have followed us on the social media is they, they're great. They're I love fantastic. this. They're all fantastic. I got uh, I got into Mash through reruns in my teens, sometime between the late '90s and early 2000s. Uh, I believe it was the Trapper Blake years, so the early seasons. And I appreciate the unique take on the army humor. Over time, I grew to love it for its dramedy and its experimentation. That's something I can agree on. Chiefs Mash Forever. Hmm. I think he's a fan of Mash and the Chiefs. Hmm. I don't know why I'm getting that vibe off of him. Uh, He started Hmm. watching with a friend in middle school and was hooked from there. And he also, you should go check out the Twitter, because he also shared his extensive collection of Mash memorabilia. Ooh. Including a couple of signed scripts, like oh, the that. actors' copies. That's cool. That's, so that's pretty cool. Re- that's really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I told you guys about this one because their uh, Twitter handle is great. This lightsaber kills fascists. Uh, ah, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, was born in '74, so Mash was always with me. It was amazing that so many kids ended up loving the show. Uh. It's my favorite show of all time, and I one I can never tire of. It's comfort viewing for me. Looking forward to this. Aw. And Is then... That, I, I can't help but feel like the, this lightsaber kills fascists could just be Mark Hamill under an alternate username. <laughs> Mark Hamill under an alternate username. Yeah. May, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who's to say? Just and something. I know these people are real MASH fans based because they either have MASH in their Twitter handle or their... Uh, Profile icon like lightsaber kills fascists is literally Hawkeye. That's their profile picture. <laughs> so it's like, oh, we have hit we have hit the right market, I think. So the algorithm is oh, yeah. And this is something I also asked my mom because my mom is a fan of the podcast. Hi, mom. Say hi to my mother. Damn it. Oh, oh God. Hello, sorry, mother. <laughs> mother. Hi. How you doing? But she okay. she said also that Ma- she never really like sat down and was like, yes, Mash is on. Let's watch it. It was always just kind of there. And that's, there that the seems background. to be like that seems to be the common theme. It's like no one like was like, oh, my gosh, Mash is on. Everyone stop what you're doing. It seems like it was just kind of like, at oh, least hey, from, Mash is on. Oh, hey, Mash. Yeah, if yeah. it's here yeah. and I'm here, therefore this is happening. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting that that seems to be the running theme for people who have discovered mash but anyway uh season one episode one the pilot uh i do have a tiny bit more background information sort of like last week just because some of it's interesting Mm -hmm. we talked last week about how they wanted to make make it a tv show and ever literally the entire planet was like um no but they did it anyway um did it anyway the first actor hired was Gary Berghoff. That's Radar. And he is the only actor they approached from the movie for a full, full-time full role. Like a, really? Like a main role. Yep. Wow. There's, there's one other person we'll see, we see in uh, the first episode that is from the movie, but he's not one of the main. He's, he's a side character. Mm-hmm. Um, they tested six actors for the role of Trapper and ultimately cast Wayne Rogers. 
Uh, Rogers was a fairly well-known actor who had been a star of a couple soap operas. McLean Stevenson, the uh, Colonel Blake, was suggested for the role by uh, CBS. Larry Linville and Loretta Swit were also quickly cast because uh, Metcalf remembered them from other performances he'd seen on stage and television. Hmm. And about four weeks before the pilot was to be shot, Alan Alda's agent uh, approached uh, Reynolds and Metcalf on behalf of Alda trying to get him the job. Alda was not convinced to do it. He was kind of on the fence. He didn't think the show was going to, he didn't, he didn't have confidence in the show, but his, uh, his wife convinced him to try it out. Uh, He agreed to do the show, but only after he had finished up uh, on a TV movie called the glass house. And that was going to finish filming one day before they started shooting the pilot which means if anything changed they would have 24 hours to recast Hawkeye. wow they talk wow. about a tight yeah. schedule <laughs> yep but um luckily alda pulled through and anyone who has seen mash even a little bit knows that i cannot picture uh hawkeye being played by anyone else actually colonel blake uh McLean Stevenson was wanted the role of Hawkeye, which is just weird to me. No, that just doesn't no work in my head. No way. But uh, wow, was anyone is... was anyone huh. notable on deck to to play Hawkeye? Should Alan Alda drop? Not that I saw. They were kind of dead set on Alan Alda. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that was kind of the, the what they were going into. Uh, I will say this, and if you, if either of the two of you know who these two are, keep it to yourself. Uh, only two of the characters and actors you see in main roles in this first episode make it to the se- a series finale. Mm. Which is very weird to think about, but we'll get into it. So, oh. thoughts? I guess we'll just kind of tiptoe through the episode, but thoughts at all about season one, episode one, as we start talking about it what was what was your thoughts going into it like what what were you expecting for the pilot episode of mash i, I wasn't really sure what to expect because i mean it, it's been so long since i've seen the the beginning of the show that i couldn't even describe to you what what it would look like i i wasn't sure and it took all of 15 seconds before i had things i wanted to bring up um well let's let's get into that because i personally for me the first 60 to 70 seconds of this pilot just the introduction Uh might be my favorite beginning episode of a series ever like, oh, absolutely. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the music or just the vibe, the, the Hawaiian shirts, iconic. everything. I don't know. It's it's it's. So I'll, I'll get to that. But the first thing that caught my attention was Korea, 1950. I'm like, okay, a hundred years ago. Oh, do you want to know? A hundred years ago, implying that you know the show is airing in um, 2050, right? Well, that yes, is only. And- 28 years away. Don't shut up. Uh, shut up. I hate that. <laughs> uh, but that, that struck me as something I was like, oh, oh, interesting. It, 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 it was really filmed a while, while ago. But I mean, here's, here's, not, it wasn't filmed in 1950, obviously, but uh, yeah, it was, this would have been filmed in early 72, late 71, I think. Yeah. I don't have that in front of me, but 
No, the 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 hundred years ago being being more of a military nut. That's implying that this when this was filmed, the Korean War started only twenty two years earlier. Mm-hmm. But Korea Korea is known as the Forgotten War. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's because it's, you have World War Two in Vietnam. Everyone just kind of skips right over Korea. Yeah. Even even as as soon after as twenty years later, people are just like, "What Korea?" So. That's more what it's implying is that, hey, yeah, remember that actual war we fought in? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, this, like I said, this is one of my favorite opening title sequences of any TV show. Again, the music, the weird vibe, like Korea and we're golfing and Hawaiian shirts for some reason. You're you're golfing into a minefield, which pretty much summarizes this show in ways that I cannot fully express yet. So, Wilson, Wilson, what was your first like vibe? The first fifteen seconds of the show, Uh, a flood of memories, just a lot of uh, just a lot of oh, I remember this character doing this thing, and uh, wow, they really did just shoot that right outside Hollywood and expect us to believe it's Korea, Um, Mm -hmm. but. Uh, honestly just the first 60 to 70 seconds like you said they just they have a lot of little visual humor packed in there um uh-huh. yeah, I, I think my favorite one is uh major Houlihan and major burns are sitting oh, together God. one's reading the bible the other is reading an army officer's manual but they're playing footsies under the card table and they're playing footsies like, with nothing might, on that might be the best like condensed version of their two characters you could possibly put in the first mm-hmm. 10 seconds of this show. <laughs> oh my goodness. So yeah, we get that. We get, you know, just kind of the day around camp. It looks like Henry's doing surgery, but he's really trying to open a champagne bottle. Mm-hmm. Life is normal, but then, you know, radar has his radar, you know, his, extrasensory perception and yeah, radar <laughs> and then all of a sudden shit's getting serious and people yeah. actually like okay gotta get back to work like yeah. actually yeah. yeah most of these shots i like two-thirds of them we never see again ever um but a lot of them like the helicopters coming to land the helicopter coming around the mountain mm-hmm. even even the shots of the doctors unloading wounded will be the same shots all the way through the 11 seasons. In fact, once you get toward the later seasons, you can still see Trapper uh, loading wounded onto a Jeep, even though it's bare, just barely off screen. It's still the original shot. So mm. it's kind of it's kind of cool seeing him for the first time. Yeah. Oh, I will mention, because like I said, uh, we got at least I and I know Wilson does has the episode kind of on mute so we can skim through it and be yeah. reminded of things. Yeah. I I was I noticed that there's actually a camera shot in this uh, in the title sequence where it's shot from the ground up toward Hawkeye and a nurse as they're uh-huh. talking about a patient. That's very interesting that that shots in the very first episode because there is an episode later in the show where they kind of take that concept and run with it for an episode, and it's a really fun episode. A really in, a really innovative episode so i'm it kind of struck me as weird we kind of got a little bit of that here in the first episode mm-hmm. but so yeah title sequence ends 
and then we're into the episode, into OR for the first time. So, yeah, what do, you guys are free to bring up any thoughts, comments. I don't think. No, that's it. I just don't think. Um, no, I don't think I've seen a pilot with uh, characters as full form and flushed out as they already are. And I, I know you were talking a little bit about it in the previous episode that, you know, the pilot wasn't really well received and neither was the first season, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, we're we're 45 seconds in and you already have, you know, a pretty a pretty firm grasp on who Hawkeye is and uh, uh, definitely who Frank Burns is. And it's just... Uh, you know, you're introduced to them so well and so naturally, but you already see so much of their character and how their character is going to be throughout the show. And I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. yeah when, another thing I have on my notes here is we get one of the most long running and some of my favorite episodes. And spoiler alert, Wilson, you've watched the whole first season already. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, man. I, I sat down like right after we uh, re recorded the first episode to watch the first uh, to watch the first episode. And then I go, huh, cool. Episode two click. And before I know it, I'm on season one, episode 24 thinking, oh, hell, Anthony's going to kill me. So I we never <laughs> did say don't wa don't watch the rest of the show. Like, obviously, you guys are free to watch it at whatever pace. Just and we'll just come back and talk about yeah. the episode we're on. But I did tell Wilson there are maybe three solid points in the show that I would rather you not know about or remember or remember not know about if you haven't seen it or be reminded of if you ha have forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. Wilson already blew by one of them, but oh. that's OK, because that's the that's not it's not a strict first time viewing, but it there are a couple things where I'm going to be like. Don't go further than this episode because I want to get your your reaction, but it's no big deal. But I was struck by and the reason I mentioned that is because, Wilson, you're familiar with at least one of these episodes. We get a Dear Dad opening. We get the first oh, the first iteration of I Hawkeye. Those. those are some of my favorite. And that's something they end up carrying through the whole season, because I think Hawkeye has two or three Dear Dad episodes where the whole premise is it's a letter to his dad and it's explaining the things that have happened. Well, you get a you get a dear uncle Abdul from Klinger later in the series. You get, you know, dear Mildred, dear one of my favorite episodes, dear Sigmund. But then you also get episodes that are mail call episodes. So the opposite, they're getting the whole camp is getting letters and the episode revolves around. Some of them are getting good news. Some of them are getting bad news. Some of them are getting someone else's mail and it's hilarious. So it. That I love that they set that up in this first episode and they run with it through the entire series. The the only critique I have on that front is it's something that I actually have in my notes is I just thought it was weird that they set it up as a, a Dear Dad episode and then it carries on for all of two minutes after the opening sequence and then it's just never mentioned again. And I don't know why, but that irked me just, just a little. Yeah, but I'm wondering if they... Again, pilot episode, You're, a That's lot of cool. this stuff is going to be anachronistic and seem like it doesn't fit. But but I'm but like you but like I said, I'm glad that they re I'm sure someone said, hey, the thing how Hawkeye is writing a letter to his dad, let's do that for an episode. And then it stuck. And yeah, I like it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I I've got the episode pulled up right now. And yeah. One of the things that struck me was when they, you know, they got done with the title sequence and they went to the 
operating room for the first time, they made it look and feel very real. They made it seem like a a well an operating room cut out on you know not quite the front lines but just about it just there's nothing that's there's not a Starbucks cup on the table yeah there yeah it's all all the props look great everything the cinema, the shots all look great all the makeup's great it it's just filmed very well even even you know now decades later still holds up pretty well mm-hmm. and having, struck me the most. yeah having never been in a mass unit operating theater in the korean war i don't know how realistic it is but it definitely definitely the set dressing is a plus uh, yeah. 100% and i think i mentioned last last episode they had medical personnel on the on the you know, production team that could say, Hey, this is what would be going on medically in this time period. This is how you should do this. Mm-hmm. Even something as simple as, and again, I don't watch a whole lot of doctor shows from the sixties and seventies, other than mash. I don't know that you would ever see below the doctor's chest. If he was operating, if he was operating at all, you get what I mean? Like, some yeah. of these shots, you clearly see, oh, there are people on the tables that they are operating on. Like, they, mm-hmm. you get the full like head-to-toe head shot. Yeah. And it only gets better uh, and more, more. I don't want to say realistic, but more, not realistic, but more real, quote-unquote, as much as Hollywood will allow. Mm-hmm. But it gets, especially toward the end of the show, it gets really good with the operating scenes. But... Something something Wilson told me because we we stayed on our little discord call here uh, when Wilson started watching the first episode two weeks ago, right after we recorded the last episode. And he pointed out to me, and I agree with this, Frank Burns's first line is also <laughs> the best synopsis of his person. Like Frank Burns might, might be the most well-established character for this first episode. I think because he because is, he's yeah. the same person for the next four seasons. But his his line is, "Give me what I want, not what I asked for." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's I can't that, explain Frank. Frank Burns better than that." That's Frank. For for our listeners, his uh, his lieutenant nurse uh, is helping him operate, and she hands him a Kelly clamp, which is explicitly what he asked for but you know then he goes to rebuke her and complain and she goes well uh, doctor this is this is what you asked for so then give me what i want not what i asked for yeah she is he is literally a cartoon villain and we will see that he has zero redeeming qualities zero (laughs) they try a little i mean they don't try they give him a little bit of backstory as to why he is later in the season but you only get very tiny snippets of it he is literally there to be the show's punching bag which for the first few seasons we'll see works but it does get a little old after a while but we'll get there so i think most iconic sounds though is just major Hulahan saying just in, in sheer oh what's the what's the emotion she has despair mixed with longing of just oh frank, oh, frank. Uh, I, I i that never ceases to 
crack me up a little bit. It's, uh, it's just so perfect. We'll get there. That's such a great moment too, but we'll get there. So, Oh God. So another line I never, I didn't get when I first started watching the show, but as I got over, I'm like, Oh, that's what he means was uh, after surgery, they come out and Frank is all upset because Hawkeye yeah. is treating him like garbage, which he is. Yeah. But yeah. I will say Hawkeye or Alan Alda delivers the one line in the series that feels the most read right off the script to me. Like he delivers, he delivers a line that sounds like he literally read it off the script. They said action and he read it verbatim. It's the only time in the series that kind of like my suspension of disbelief that, oh, that's an actor reading a line kind of falls away. And that's his whole, ah, come on, Frank. We had 18 straight hours of meatball surgery in there. I think it's the only time in the show, except for maybe one other time that he calls it meatball surgery. And it just seems so, for some reason, the way it came off and sounded, sounded so canned. Like he was, like he was reading it for a high school play, which Mm. is weird because Alan Alda is is and was at that time a great stage actor so it just mm-hmm. it just felt that line always sounds weird to me the way he says it delivers it but my brain it, is sending me urgent rest telegrams hmm. that is such a camp vibe though yeah is and, that not like why am i still here right now <laughs> but you know it also in this very next scene to to all this credit um he he delivers a really great joke. I mean, the jokes are already landing, and you know we're four minutes into the pilot. I I, I laughed out loud at a. And if you're challenging my ability as a doctor, that I'm just gonna have to challenge you to a duel at twenty paces. Just swords or pistols? Yeah. No, specimen bottles at twenty. And it took me forever to realize that means he intends for them to walk twenty paces from the specimen bottle and piss into them. Yep. Yep. I I didn't understand that until like maybe five years ago when I was watching them. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think I got it just because we do urinalysis labs at at campus, so. Oh, was look at you being all bottles. smart. Yeah, yeah. Here, here, students, pee into this bottle. Now bring it back here so we can examine all the sediments in it. Yeah, it's... Dude, college is weird. I wonder if I could pee into a specimen bottle at 20 paces. No. <sighs> Go to our Patreon and you'll see a video... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Go to our OnlyFans page and you can see the three of us. No. Oh, oh God. Never. Maybe. No. May- no. Money on the table. Uh, I have to say it because it's one of my favorite props in the whole show slash camp. We get our first view of the signpost. I love the signpost mm. so much. I know other fans of MASH love it a lot as well. It's very iconic. I love it a lot. You also uh, made your, our own scale replica for the camp we all worked I at. I tried. I wish I could put, I wish I had the time to put a whole lot more on there. But yeah, I did try to make a signpost for right by the lodge of our camp that pointed to, it wasn't going to be places in camp. It was going to be like we had a staff member from, you know, granted, but, you know, this town or we had one who, uh, we had a, uh, Victor, Victor, Victor from Colombia. Oh. Uh, I wanted to point one po- pointing straight up with how many miles up the uh, International Space Station flew and all that. But there's so many other things to do at the camp that it just 
it just yeah. got too crazy. I did, I did perfectly recreate the one that says soul and put it at the top. And there were a couple adult leaders that stopped and said, I get it. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, thank yes. You. I'm so happy. Thank you for validating me. No, I think I, I was I literally out there with my GPS unit and my compass, like actually making sure the arrows pointed the right direction. It's so really it was, difficult to do right. It is very difficult. It's like I I eventually by like the fifth one, I'm like, it's vaguely that it's ish direction. Enough. Sure. So. So, yeah, I love the love the signpost. Uh, I wish I wish there was a way that I could made it have made that better at camp. but. Such is life. Maybe maybe I'll go up for staff week this year, and that's just what I'll do. Like I'm not helping you actually run the to get the camp ready. I'm just going to do this thing. I'm, just I'm sure that'll go over. Pretty. I'm just going to make a pretty stick. Yeah. Uh, oh, king stick. And then we also get our first time in the swamp. Ah, uh, yes, the swamp. Uh, very very nice pan. We we get also get introduced to Hojon, which was. Which is always nice. Holding the camp nut that I think appears one other time in the entire first season. No, what's really sad is the camp dog appears more times than the next person we meet. Um, Spear Uh Trucker Jones gets exactly... Craig is back online. All right, Craig is back online. We're back. The little bot that records our Discord audio decided to just, just be gone. It's gone. Yeah, he, he, left a, he left a wake-up call for 1962 and just dipped. Mm-hmm. All right. Kind of like Spear Chucker Jones. Anyway, he just he just wasn't there anymore. And no what one noticed. Yep. All right. So Spear Chucker gets one line. That's basically what I wrote in my notes. Like, yep. Hey, remember this character from the movie? He's asleep now and you won't He's see him again now. for three episodes. All right. Stop asking questions. All right. Stop asking questions. Nothing to see here. Move along, move along. So the, when uh, next we learn that apparently Hawkeye is trying to get Hojon into his college because that's a thing that makes sense, I guess. Well, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna introduce a character like Hawkeye, who look, I we all know that Frank Burns deserves it. Like we can all agree on that. But you have to give him some redeeming qualities if you're gonna have him be a prankster and a womanizer. You have to give him a heart of gold. And so mm-hmm. I'm not going to I'm not going to fault him too much for it. So we learned that uh, Dean Lodge is going to allow Hojon to come so long as they can get the tuition money. And is that then, a nice place uh, to stay? Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah. I, I like that's funny. But I like the uh, if you do to this, the army, what you've done to this college, America is ruined. <laughs> it's like, I want to know more about that story. Um, But they need two thousand dollars to tuition. Which is, I did the uh, math for inflation since 1950. I don't want to guess what $2,000 tuition in 1950 no, no, comes what? to today. It's like, it was $1,000 for tuition. They just budgeted close to oh, 1000 for Oh, that's expensive. right. Yeah, yeah. So, so two, $2,000. How, well, how much do you think 2000 is It's a is lot today? of money. I think it was, clo- I think it was like six grand. It, it was more than it should be. Uh, it would be... It would be sixteen, roughly sixteen hundred dollars in twenty twenty two for Jesus to get Ho John from Korea to sixteen hundred six. Oh, sorry, sixteen thousand. Sixteen thousand. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, somehow wow. money got worth more. So they just wow. pulled out sixteen thousand dollars from that little little party. Wow, that's a uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. man. They're loaded. <laughs> well, I don't know if you saw Lieutenant Dish, but she is snack. Her name fits. She is snack. So yeah, so their whole idea, their whole idea, is to raffle. <laughs> they raffle off a nurse, uh, to go to a random member of the camp. To Tokyo or Seoul? Was it Seoul or Tokyo? It's Tokyo, it was right? Tokyo. It was Tokyo. And that it already sounds bad. <laughs> oh no! Uh, so, so they decide to go and raffle off a nurse, but in order to do so, they need the help of one Lieutenant Colonel Henry Blake because they need the two-day passes. So we get to meet Colonel Blake, who is a civilian doctor turned <laughs> military camp commander. Because draft the draft is a thing that exists, and in we get fishes, in his finest fishing attire, no less. Oh yes, well, naturally. But we get the uh, we get the uh, continuing trope, and I this is going to be a trope that I love in the first season, and it gets even funnier in the later seasons when we uh, do a little bit of a cast change. But you get the trope of radar knowing exactly what someone is going to say or do before they say or do it so he's already halfway through doing it by the time they ask for it oh my god that, that, is, that, stuff, that is going to be a source of continuing comedy mm-hmm. and i am here for it i just i just love radar like we haven't even gotten to the shenanigans he's going to start pulling here pretty soon with mm-hmm. the mail oh can't wait for that that's going to be good oh my goodness so we get Henry, and something I noticed, and it probably is just of the fact that it's the pilot, but Henry's office is looking sparse. It is, <laughs> it is, know, really it is that, a desk, yeah. a chair, and like a filing cabinet. <laughs> Which is only funny to me because I know what his office ends up looking like. He's got shit all over the walls. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's like pretty sparse at the moment. Yeah. You, it, and very it, obviously a set. And well, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, but it's like, dang, I know you're, it's a pilot, but can we get some set dressing, please? They did, they did an okay job, you know? He has yeah, a, I... he's a nice little nameplate. He's got a, I'm not really sure what the weird silvery metal dishpan looking thing on his desk is, but. Weird silvery metal dishpan. I'm looking at the scene and I don't you, see what hang on. About. It said, uh, where that. That Nine is a minutes. weird looking silvery dish pan. It's a, it it's a weird to, like dog food bowl, but it looks it not. looks like the uh, it looks like the bowls we'd hand out for the scouts to wipe down tables. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's an that? ashtray, isn't it? Go, go to. That's an ugly that's ass ashtray. ashtray. Why is it so big? It was the seventies. Okay. It's way too big. <laughs> Have you seen uh, any car from any oh, year man. of the 1970s? Yeah, it's a fair point. A You're fair my point, friend. Yeah. I know you have. Yeah. I yeah. forced you to. So we, so not Frank, uh, Henry agrees. I say Henry agrees. We're going to see a lot. Henry doesn't really agree to anything. People just kind of do kinda things. Kinda, and he just assuming Henry's sure. okay with it. He's just like, yeah. I am on board until it causes trouble for me. Mm-hmm. Which I, I, yep, I agree with that sentiment. Like, do whatever you're going to do as long as I'm not involved. But then we get the montage of Hawkeye. 
God, I forgot how uncomfortable of a character Hawkeye is at times. You know what? We can just say we get the montage of Hawkeye sexually assaulting uh, Lieutenant Dish. Assaulting is a strong word. Uh, Low level harassment. I don't I would not describe breaking into the uh, female showering area and just kind (laughs) of hanging out until she notices you as a low level harassment. I'd say that's at least mid level harassment. I will say this. I will say this for as slightly lecherous and womanizing as Trapper and Hawkeye are they the series. And we talked about this a little bit last year and I can hear myself again. Uh, but we we do get some arcs in the early seasons, but also in the later seasons where they take they take the womanizing thing and kind of turn it on its head or make or vice versa. They have they have a female come in who's kind of manizing. I don't know what. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah sure. Manizing. Yeah, so sure, sure. Cool. As, as as weird as it is now and even. I've been told again by my mother who, yes, I'm going to, the conversations we have about MASH are going to make it onto the, the podcast, mom. Sure. But she finds Hawkeye through the entire series incredibly annoying to the point mm. that it, yeah, annoy, like she gets it, but also annoying as hell. Annoying. Yeah. Which I get. Hawkeye, Hawkeye is not for everybody. And even Alan Alda said he, he, he wasn't sure how to play Hawkeye at first because mm. Hawkeye, or Hawkeye. Alan Alda, if you didn't know, is a huge uh, feminist. And I say that not accusatorily or frustratedly. He just is. That's his. He has. He is very big into women's rights and he all, respects all that. women. He well, respects women. He's an women. excellent actor because I never would have guessed. <laughs> you know, that is a great point. I would have pegged him as the last person to be a feminist in this show. So but that's part of why I like Alan Alda as Hawkeye because yeah. he does it very well. But you'll see, good. especially in the later in, in the later seasons, you can tell that the, some of the episodes Alan Alda directs are Hawkeye centric episodes where he kind of gets his comeuppance. So it's it's going to be interesting. Mm. And then at the end of this montage, we get Frank and Hot Lips mm. Hot degenerates, lips. and then immediately Frank starts biting at her neck. In the same way Hawkeye is. Look it's at like, those uh, animals. Goes in for the kill. <laughs> and I love that just Major Houlihan's expression does not change as he does this. Just it just remains menacingly just at Hawkeye as Frank consumes her eyes the nape do of not neck. leave what she's staring at. They do not leave. Her expression does not change. I'm here for it. <laughs> but yeah, a surprising amount of adultery in, in this first episode. Just, just Oh, just like just, we haven't even begun to adultery. I know, I know. I and I was aware that it was a you know, it was part of the show, but it was still a little surprising to see just how much was in the show. Even even just in the pilot. So mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how uh if there is more or less as the season progresses. Yeah, so then we get uh, they're they're starting to sell tickets. They're counting out the money. They mention they have they mention they mention a couple things. They mention they have uh, ten dollars for radar's ticket, ten dollars for the winning ticket, mm-hmm. and ten dollars for the painless pole, who is a character from the movie that we never see in the TV show. Which okay, uh, then Frank comes in and he's being Frank. Uh, well, he, he caught Hawkeye going through his Bible, which. To be fair, is okay. where I'd imagine Frank t- would hide his money. 
Yeah, probably. And I love, again, another one of the lines that I've heard it so many times, and yet it still makes me laugh, is I peeked at the end, Frank. The devil did it. It's like, I, it's <laughs> such a dumb it's joke. So it's such a dumb joke, but it gets me every time. Well, and then we get the moment in the show that I realized Frank Burns could not be saved as a character. They ch He chases Hawkeye around, uh, or rather, he goes around the room tearing off the pornography from the walls, and then he picks up the still. Yep. And then he oh. breaks their fucking gin still. And as a Kansas man, I knew you are irredeemable. <laughs> and then he has like the little kid like, oh, geez. Oh, no. Oh, geez. Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm so sorry. So I broke sorry. <laughs> oh, I didn't think it would break. Oh, 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 guys. Oh, listen, I just, uh, and you see, you see them both immediately just start looking around to see what they could use to just, um, put <laughs> over him. And they both look to see the canvas bang. You're like, mm hmm. Yep. We're on the same page. And Trapper literally kicks him out. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then, uh, then Henry rescinds the passes because frank's angry and he just doesn't want to deal with frank plus the party was going to happen when he was out of camp anyway and he didn't want to miss it so good he job henry for being indecisive yeah. as shit he lets that slip to the two of them and they go oh you're not going to be here a perfect opportunity oh. yeah and then i love that as henry's leaving we get this is more movie radar Radar in the first and second season slowly transitions from the movie version of him to the more childlike naive kid version of him that the show runs with for the first couple seasons which we'll talk about it more in depth as we get further into the series but i think that was a better choice because we get some growth out of radar because of it as opposed mm -hmm. to him just being this like completely put together 20 something year old he's actually like an 18 year old kid who korea and some of the things that happen have an effect on so but we get movie movie radar where he is completely circumvented Henry and gives Hawkeye the two day passes because he convinced Henry to sign them because he thought he was ordering ice cream, which dribble. Yes, I love it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And well, then we get. Go, oh, go ahead, Ethan. No, I think we were going to say the same thing we get. The, the the next scene, which I thoroughly love, they just fucking drug Frank. Yep. And if you watch, the person who hands the needle Hawkeye is uh, Ginger Bayless, the nurse. And you can <laughs> look at the look on her face is, I don't give a shit. Mm -mm. Like, yep, he deserves this. Go ahead. I will say the execution for that was impeccable. If I had to drug a superior officer, I would do it exactly like that. Select. If I think you mean when? Sorry, yes. Uh, I mean I've never done anything like this. What do you What do you mean? So There's Frank's the, out. Hey, come here. L listen to something wild. And he, even the soldier laying down in the bed has like a bit of a smirk going on because he's like, mm, "This is this is not this is not this is unusual." And just lift the lab coat up a bit, and Frank's little just oh, as he gets stabbed with it. Oh, oh. yep. That whole the whole scene after he gets drugged when they're moving into the bed. What's that, Frank? Ah, okay, Frank. Okay, Frank. Oh, good lord! I think I like him better this way. I yeah, think I, everyone. I, I do. I do too. Yeah. 
Um, what was I going to say? So yeah, Frank's out of the picture. They throw the party. Margaret is understandably upset because oh, Frank's poor, missing. Poor hot lips. Yes, man. She also. I'm glad that her character grows out of being just angry bitch who likes Frank because because Frank. Oh boy, does that get a little old? But yeah, that 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 gets old. But again, kind of like with the radar thing, it gives them room to do some interesting things with her character. So I'm I'm looking forward to discussing that. I hate that you have that. I hate that you have that image. I mm. hate it. Mm. I might Just have to sh- Frank with, if, with the moment oh. of penetration. Yeah. Please don't say the moment of penetration. That's not an Oh, I hate that. All right. Anyway, so party's going. Houlihan's angry. Hawkeye basically tells her to chill, chill out, relax. Chill, chill out, Frank's yeah. Frank's fine. Have a and have an enjoyable evening. And then we learn that the other character trait of Margaret's, which I'm glad they eventually turn on its head and spin the other way. She mm, apparently yeah. knows every officer above the rank of colonel in the entire Pacific Theater. For intimately. No <laughs> uh, she knows them intimately. Hey, editing Anthony here. There's a weird cut in the audio for some reason here that I can't explain, but we were just talking about the scene where Blake and General Hammond are sitting together and they get the call from Margaret. So if it sounds like the conversation jumps forward awkwardly, that's because it does. Uh, General Hammond is played by the same gentleman Mm -hmm. uh, in both film and um, in the first couple seasons. We'll see him a couple times. Um, Do to do. Margaret basically tells on them. She goes searching for Frank. I love that she discovers it's Frank. Once she sees his bare butt, yep. I don't know. I I nothing more to say about that other she's than she's got a that great is, memory. Yeah, she's got she's got the mind like a steel trap. That woman. This is a friendly reminder to that to make sure you know what your friends' butts look like in case you ever need to identify them. Whip them out, gentlemen. How do you whip out a butt? How do I uh, mute him? You know, well, I wish I could tell you that. <laughs> so we get to the party. Hawkeye's about to draw the winning ticket. Hojan is, I think, drunk, which is an interesting choice for a child. As, oh, yeah. hmm. Actually, I don't know how old Hojan is. Hojan could be an it doesn't adult. Matter. It's age. Let's call it let's call it 18 for, for legal purposes. Let's see, hold on. What's sure. the uh, legal drinking age in South Korea? Well, in Korea is, in 1950, probably six. I don't know. Well, he's also a North Korean child, so I'd be drinking pretty heavily too if I were helping out. No, I don't think name. it says if he's North or South Korean. Later, later in the season, it, it comes up. Mm. You're correct. You are not wrong. You are correct. Mm. Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah, look at look at that. Look at that. Yeah. Mm. He's, he's, he's old enough to drink. Yeah. So Hammond and Blake are back right as they're pulling the winning ticket. And again, this is another thing that younger me did not catch, but if it, it finally clicked one of the times I watched the episode. I thought it was blind luck that Mulcahy, that the priest was nope. drawn. It wasn't. They had nope. rigged it so no one had to go to Tokyo. I loved that. And we, I love, and it's a shame. It, I say it's a shame, but it's also not. Uh, George Morgan is the actor that plays Father Mulcahy, and he only plays him in this one episode, and then they make the switch to William Christopher, which hmm. 
I say as a longtime fan of the show, that is the right choice. William Christopher ends up becoming a fantastic Father Mulcahy. He does. Can you explain a little more as to why they did that? Because I was kind of curious about that. Pilot and first first season. They there's going to be a lot of little. It's kind of like with the. He was hired on to play Father Mulcahy, and Father Mulcahy was going to be like this very on-the-cuff side character. So who played him didn't really matter at that at the time they started filming. So they switched him out for William Christopher, and then I think it's season four or five is when Father Mulcahy and Corporal Klinger become actual full-time regulars. So mm. Jamie Farr and William Christopher actually sign full contracts, yada, yada, yada. Wow. But I, again, as a longtime fan of the show, I could not, it's another one of those, I can't imagine William Christopher not being Father McKay because he yeah, does it so well. He's very iconic in that role. He, I, I don't know who better could have done the role. Because in the movie, I think we talked about last, last episode, in the movie, he was played by uh, Rene Abergenois. Who is again the only the only reference I can make to who he is? He's the uh, shape shifting head of security from uh, Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, uh, yeah. Mister uh, Otto. So yeah, hmm. but no, William Christopher's perfect in the role, and we'll get to see more of him later in this season and the rest of the seasons. Hmm. So yeah, the priest wins. General Hammond's pissed, but as Hawkeye said earlier, he knows he can get away with it because they're not going to arrest two of the four surgeons in the camp as casualties are coming in, which is exactly yeah. what happens. They go to surgery, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> General Hammond is impressed. So impressed that he's like, I can't take two, two perfectly fine surgeons for something that really ended, didn't end up becoming that big of an issue. And mm-hmm. he even jokes with Henry and says, you know, you, you don't lose them, not even to me. And he leaves, leaves camp. And Hawkeye and Trapper come walking out handcuffed. Uh, hey, where are you going? We're all we're ready to go. Yep. And then they realize, man, we screwed up in reverse. And then the show ends on time to say sayonara with the helicopter shot of them trying to chase two nurses in two different directions while they're mm-hmm. handcuffed. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's season yeah. season one, episode one of Mash. Mm-hmm. So. What now that we're at the back end, what did you guys think? Was it what you expected? Was it? It was definitely much more. Uh, the There was a lot more adultery than I was expecting there to be. I think that's what stuck out to okay. me the most. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was a, a decent part of the show, but I didn't think it would be that prevalent in the pilot episode. Uh, yeah, I do love the kind of balancing act they have between it's, it's, you know, it's a job. Yes. But you know, we got to have some kind of fun as a collective group or we'll go insane. And then you flip that switch to, Oh, it's an emergency. Everyone, you know, go, go put on your emergency shoes and let's, let's get it done. Just mm-hmm. flawlessly that, Oh, reminds me a lot of camp. Just yeah. That's going to, that's going like, to be a recurring Fun and games until it's very suddenly not fun and games. Yeah, I think they show that very well. Yeah, you know, not, but uh, yeah, go ahead, Ethan. Oh, well, I was just just gonna say not only that I, I said it uh, at the beginning of the episode, but I want to say it again. I was just really surprised 
how well the characters were already fleshed out because yeah there's going to mm. be changes and growth through the show but already you've got you know your 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 kind of main core group for these first couple of seasons really fleshed out you have a good read on who they're going to be and uh you know more than anything the jokes land in in a pilot in the pilot episode i was not expecting to actually get as many laughs out of it as I did. And I think it's because they did such a good job getting, you know, getting us to know Hawkeye and Trapper and Frank in such a short period of time. Yeah. yeah but And for both of your guys' comments, you have to remember, it, they did have a, a decent amount of characterization that they went into the show with from the book and the specifically the movie. Because they, you'll notice, and again, this is the one argument, and I'll share a comment we got on Twitter Mm -hmm. uh but that's the one thing that makes me go man maybe we should have watched the movie first because it'll it'll because if you think there's a lot of adultery in the in the pilot oh boy the show is a whole nother or sorry the movie is a whole nother can of beans but Mm -hmm. so yeah i had asked i'll read some of the audience ones actually no i'll ask you guys first so like I said last week, we're going to do kind of an out of five rating system for each episode. Where would you guys put MASH, the, uh, sorry, MASH, the first episode, the pilot, mm-hmm. one to five, wh- where is it sitting for you? As far as, you, again, you can rate it out of the, all the pilots you've seen. I'm, hmm. I'm, my rating is going to be more based on, the. Fa- I, again, I said this last week, I'm going to be a little biased. I'm going to be kind of comparing it to other mash episodes but for you guys sure. what is your what are your thoughts hmm i'd probably give it well i mean zero to five so i wouldn't quite give it a three middle of the road because it was better than just kind of average so i think i'd give it a four it's not a five because really? it's definitely not perfect but it was it it was a short episode yeah, 25 minutes i think Mm-hmm. fairly short but it used its time wisely got us introduced to all the characters got us introduced to the area you know the kind of the the environment of fun and games everyone's having a good time helicopters are here flip switches now it's a mobile army surgical hospital mm-hmm. oh we're done with surgery everyone's okay okay everyone back to you know being able to relax a little bit and have some more of the kind of funny interactions oh we got more helicopters coming in. Okay, flip the switch again. That okay. that whole dynamic established that very well. But yeah, no, I think it's just solid four out of five for me. Nice. Okay, yeah. Wilson, what about you? You know, I uh, Jasky and I are kind of on the same wavelength. I I think mm. going into this uh, after watching it and wa- rewatching it a couple of times, taking notes, I'm going to give this uh, this episode a three point eight. Especially mm. as a pilot, I'm being I'm being a little a little more lenient this time around than I probably will be on future episodes because I just have so much respect for how well, in my opinion, it was done. Um, and just the quality of the acting, you know, Alan Alda, of course, was uh, was wonderful, but um. Uh, a trapper whose actor's name eludes me currently. Wayne Rogers. Wayne Rogers, thank you. Also did a wonderful job. And uh, I don't know much about it other than the fact that, you know, we he's only in the first few seasons, but um, he he does very well as his own character. And I, I think I remember him coming becoming more of a sidekick to Hawkeye as time goes on. 
Um, but in, in this first okay. episode, to see him just kind of doing his own thing and joking around, uh, that was really kind of a heartwarming experience. So, yeah, I'm going to say 3.8 on on the pilot episode. Okay. Hmm. So for me, and this is where my bias is going to actually kind of in reverse, but my bias is going to show, I'm going to give it a 3.2. Because, again, this is where me having watched the series is both a positive and a negative. Mm-hmm. It is not a bad pilot. It is probably one of my favorite first episodes of a TV show, period. Which isn't saying much since MASH is my favorite show, but anyway. (laughs) Knowing where the series ends up going, it's definitely not a bad episode, but... And I do agree with one of the comments I'll read, and I'll actually read it right now because it's pertinent to what I want to say. I I asked the community at large uh, what their thoughts on uh, episode one of season one is. Um... Again, this lightsaber will kill fascists. Um, the MASH pilot gets a 3 out of 5 for them. Uh, you can tell they were still leaning into the characterizations from the movie and had not totally committed to going their own way regarding the characters. Uh, same, this goes for the cast as well. Uh, it takes them a while to get a feel for how to play the characters, and the pilot is also, is also a partial adaptation of a story direct from the novel. So it's definitely an outlier and not a true feel for the season or series that follows. I would agree with that. And that's kind of what I, why I leaned closer to a three than a four. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Donut Eater 111 again. Uh, three out of five by he says three out of five by MASH standards gives a good idea of who the characters are with a lot of dynamics set up right from the beginning. The story mm-hmm. wasn't the greatest, but it was fun for what it was. Also interesting to see how much changed even even within the first season. So. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we got two, two threes and then this person rated the series as a whole, but they gave the whole series 4.5 stars. So kind of right in the middle of all our uh, ratings from last week. But this person mash pit on Twitter. uh, Great first episode, boys. Awesome hearing about the show from a group of guys, my own demographic. I'm 27 Hmm. and it's one of my favorite shows. Another weird parallel is that he was also a Boy Scout and a member of the Order of the Arrow, so he can't yeah. wait to hear more. So, hey, oh God, we're attract we're cool. attracting our we're yeah. attracting ourselves, and I don't know if I'm excited or terrified about that. Yeah, I need more friends. Oh, I'm sorry oh, to hear boy. that. <laughs> we're not good enough. Uh, but I, like, I, funny I how do I? I amuse you? No. So yeah, the, okay, uh, so oh, the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will concede the story, not the most compelling. Then again, most pilot episodes for TV, I do not have the most compelling story. So I, I kind of gave it a pass on that. But yeah, story, story, not not the most original or the greatest, but still, still wildly entertaining with the execution. So yeah, yeah. All right. So I will say, if you just listened to that and went, oh, man, I watched the first episode, but I didn't get to leave my rating. That is okay because I think the way we're going to do it is I will accept ratings for the episodes of a season up until the end of the season. So I would expect we're going to go all the way through, get to episode 24, and then we'll do kind of like a season one recap. And that's the the deadline for getting them in. So you have basically (laughs) a year to rate all of season one. So if you're listening to this in future land and you're like, Oh, I want to rate season one. You can either message us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or go back. You can see when this episode got posted, go back in time, find the post where we asked about it and leave a comment there or email us. We will 
we will at, we will tally up the audience average up until we get to the end of the season. So mm. right now, with everything averaging out between the audience and us, that gives the pilot a rating of three point four, which I think is a good, good out of five. Out yeah, three point four out of five. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a solid representation of the first episode. So the rating system is working. Not terrible. Not great. Mm-hmm. But leaning mm-hmm. towards better and then worse. So yeah, not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any other, any other thoughts on episode one before we go to wrap things up? Uh, no, I think we kind of covered everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Awesome. So no, next. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Ethan. No, I was. I just mumbled that I'm pretty pleased. Excellent. So our next episode will be season one, episode two, to market to market. Oh, oh fun! So yeah, if you have thoughts, the audience, uh, if you have thoughts about season one, episode one, or episode two, feel free to contact us via the varied social media accounts. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Best Care. 4077 we are uh, we have a both a facebook page and a facebook group for people who want to chat there uh you can also email us directly at bestcareanywherepod at gmail.com you can dm us on twitter on those all those uh social medias as well if you want to share your thoughts opinions gripes grievances complaints childhood memories synopsis soliloquies and of course you're out of five ratings Please do so, because we do want to hear. I'm surprised we got as many replies as we did in the first two weeks of doing this podcast. Like, that's awesome to me. Yeah, audience participation is always appreciated. We want to hear from you. I want to hear from you. Damn it. This is a repeat after me podcast. (laughs) No, it's not. not. Uh, All the the former boy and girl scouts in the audience just cringed a little bit, I think. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, until next time, then we'll see you guys two weeks from now in the next episode. Oh, man. Yeah, it's a whole two weeks. I still can't believe it's been two weeks since the last recording. I will. Yeah. Life do be kind of crazy like that. And we'll we'll have to give you don't want to talk about it. And we'll Hmm. we'll have to make sure we have an update about your wiggly eye, your thick cornea situation. I'll have my prescription by then. So I'll be I'll be seeing mash with a fresh pair of peepers. Oh, no. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. All you yeah. Mashiacs out there, be sure to Twitter at Jasky, reminding him oh, to Jesus. shave those corneas. Oh, Jesus Christ. No one's shaving any corneas, for the love of God. Oh, all right, everyone. And on that note, we're out. <laughs> Bye, all. The time has come for us to say sayonara. Thank <laughs> you.